So hi everybody, this is uh, Paul Langham from Exact Trading, and it's been uh, some time since I did a podcast, and I thought I'd um, just make a new one. I'm on my way down actually to the uh, centre of Brussels where I live, and uh, I'm going to do a bit of Christmas shopping, but I thought it's a great time just to have a little bit about a chat about some of the um, FX ideas that I've been looking at recently um, and reviewing some of the ideas which I've had from many, many years ago. Uh, one of the ideas I've been uh, reviewing, which we did a lot of work on probably 15, 20 years ago, was uh, range extension. And I'm going to be presenting some findings on that shortly in a, a webinar. Um, basically, range extension is... is along the lines of working out where your open for the market is, so effectively 9am uh, London time, 8am uh, European time, having a look at that and uh, measuring the number of pips which the market moves in the uh, trading day that you're observing and then capturing that information over a period of uh, three months, six months, a year, five years, ten years, fifteen years, whatever it is you want to do. And what is remarkable at the moment is um, during 2000, 2007, 2008, 2009, up to 2011, we had a lot of days that were 200 pip moves on the euro, US dollar, 250. We even had one that was nearly 600. Um, and the average was uh, the average of the extension, if you like, of the actual range per day is a lot higher than it is now. Uh, the average move on the euro US dollar now is well underneath 100 pips and uh, previously we were way, way, way above the 100. The 150 pip day, 200 pip day uh, was the norm and the reason why this is, is interesting is that, as I've always said, if you can just get onto the train and you can just get the right direction, you can detect which way the train is moving, it starts to move and you get onto that train then once that train is moving, obviously if it's got the possibility to move a couple of hundred pips in, in a trading day, uh, you know, and it's moving quite fast because it has to make that couple of hundred pips, this is uh, potentially very, very interesting because you're just riding on a train which is moving quickly, free of charge, and you can bank some profits and you can even get... Um, you can even make some mistakes. You can even uh, sort of even gets you out of jail. Really gets you out of jail, bails you out. You can make mistakes, uh, and you start to go in the right direction. Now, of course, if the market is only going 40, 50, 60, this type of thing with trading costs, with um, the fact that it's obviously hesitating and pulling back, uh, you're just not getting enough momentum to to you know, get you into that profit situation, albeit you know, the 50, 60, 70 pips is still 50 to 70 pips. It's still worth having if you can get it, but you've got to get that. Let's say you can get 50% of it. You know, if you can get 50% of 250, 125, that's a pretty good game, um, depending obviously what uh, lot size you're trading. But if you're starting to get only you know, 30, 35 or 20, 25, uh, you're paying away 10%, you're paying away 2 or 3 pips, you've got to get in, you've got to get out. Uh, market is obviously hesitating because it's not running so far, etc, etc. It starts to change the dynamics of the way you trade. So I've been looking at a lot of this since uh, January because of some of my own um, trading systems have been suffering. These are things which have been running for 10, 12, 15 years. And in the uh, Algo group that I run, 
We've just got three or four people in that group. I've been discussing this with them and that I need actually from a personal point of view to reevaluate a lot of my trading systems because they are not performing as they should do uh, at this lower level um, extension, if you like, this lower level range. It's not even a question of, vol- of volatility of the actual uh, price. It's a question that they're just, just not running so far. The pips are just not there. So that is something that I'm uh, looking at currently, and I'm trying to come up with an idea, for come up with to come up with some ways uh, that I will be able to improve, um, you know, what is currently happening, uh, and um, get some of my uh, trading ideas back on track. Um, and the, mo- the the my, my findings are that the majority of what I've been suffering from is the fact that you know we're just not having enough of the range range extension is just not not large enough in order to uh, help me get to the uh, target that I need to uh, get to in order to make my daily daily um, number of pips um, and the other thing is is that obviously what I like to do is to have is to run my trading on an accounting basis um, so that at the end of the day I know how many pips I have uh, made, you know, the books are closed generally, uh, certainly for the, int- certainly, you know, the intraday trading, books are closed, uh, and you have an idea about what you made, you know where you've gone wrong, you know what you need to improve, you, need what's, you know what you need to look at, um, and this is much better for me than actually running um, multiple, multiple positions across multiple currencies, which could be in the market for months, very difficult to see if the trading system is not working or, or how the uh, system is performing so that's my that's why i'm very interested in the intraday trading opening off the london open and closing you know as far as uh, as late as i can depending on the um pips that are available it, it's very very good because you can go home you can close out it's a sort of an accounting type of function uh it's a nine to five you know or eight to six and uh it allows you to at the end of the end of the week to say well okay yeah i've made uh, so many pips on the week, or I've lost so many pips on the weekend. You know exactly where you are. Um, so that range extension is um, one of the uh, uh, items that I've been looking at. The other thing is I've been looking at the uh, London breakout, and I have actually got a new uh, London breakout, which is potentially um, better. Obviously, based uh, they're all based on the same type of thing. They're based on what happens at the open and trying to hold that trade as long as you possibly can. And I've got a new version which I may be presenting. I've got to do some more testing. I need to uh, reevaluate something which I've obviously come up with myself. Uh, it's taken me quite a long time, actually. Again, pretty simplistic in its in its design, but it's it's funny. These you know, simple ideas are the best ideas, but you still got to come up with it. Um, and the expectancy on the what I call London Breakout Two. We got about six, six and a half pip expectancy on the original London breakout, London breakout one, which incidentally is around about 14 point something percent um, over the nearly two years now. Uh, started this um, 1st of January 2007, uh, 2018, I think it was, 18 rather, yep. And uh, coming up to the end of the second year, still the 4.94 drawdown with about 14 point something percent increase depending on whether you're trading the three pairs the 15 minute euro us dollar the one hour euro us dollar and the one hour gbp or not Uh, i know some people just trade the euro um i know some people just trade the 15 minute euro which is has been very good uh but less good this year actually 
Uh, but so the objective will be for this second LBO. It's actually got an expectancy of 10 pips, just over 10 pips, and that's a back test of uh, 15 years. And the um, obviously it doesn't use any indicators, doesn't use any, um, uh, you know, no indicators, no no stochastics or anything like that. Purely looking at uh, open time and close time. Uh, and the momentum which is required in order to get the uh, price moving in the right direction. So that is uh, also coming and uh, hope to be presenting that. But the, just to return a little bit, just for a couple of minutes on the question of the range bar extension. This is very, very interesting in terms of the fact that you know, markets are living and that you know, whilst the uh, you know, European economy, I'm just walking down to the shops now, as I said, plenty of people around, seem to be, you know, relative amount of money you can see it's not like london here uh, where it's effectively dripping off the wall in the west end there with all the international money that's in there certainly not like that here but people are going around their daily business but underlying the whole thing is you know it's not supposed to be very good in europe at the moment uh, the interest rates obviously very very low uh, they've crucified savers since 2007 2008 the people that have been trying to do the right thing save um put a little bit away, that type of thing. Uh, they've been very badly hurt because of the uh, interest rates. Uh, so they're not spending, they're saving more. Plus, at the same time, every nearly every European government has actually increased taxes in one way, one, one shape or form, um, be, it, be it via VAT, be it via corporation tax, be it via PAYE, um, a personal tax on, on your salaries and whatever it is you earn. Uh, that's means that people have got less money in their pocket and they're trying to save more so they're not spending so much which means that you know, the European economy is not doing as well as it uh, perhaps should do plus they've never managed to get hold of the uh, the problems of the uh, the youth unemployment in mostly in southern uh, Europe obviously I think um, unemployment in I think Germany's around about 38 3.9%. They've got about a million and a half vacancies. I read the other day they, in the UK there's about a million vacancies as well, which seems you know, quite, quite astonishing, really, compared with um, what used to be happening. You would think that the place would be absolutely booming, but I, I, the European governments, they never want to cut taxes on people and let them free. Uh, they always want to come up with another idea which is going to improve things but actually make people more resistant to invest... Um, and to buy things so there's that aspect of things and I wonder whether there is some connection between all of that and the fact that the uh, the volatility in the euro in terms of this uh, range extension the daily range has you know, descended beneath 100 pips if you look at the charts and I'm going to post this it's the lowest it's been over 15 years uh, and there must be some connection there somewhere with the whole thing um, not sure I'm the, actually the, the right person from point of view of uh, being an economist to answer the, uh, that question, but it seems to me there is something there. Uh, and it seems to me we might actually even go a little bit lower. You know, the trend is down. I can't really see at this particular moment in time what it is that is going to make the market uh, pick up. Um, and, you know, unless we had something absolutely dramatic, for example, uh, like... Um, you know, some of the Italian banks who would go uh, causing some systemic crisis there, or, God forbid, would it be something like Deutsche Bank, which is going to go? Um, and on that, I think, you know, it's fair to say, I think the share price is down around about 94% from the top, from the 2007 top, Deutsche Bank is. 
and I follow that quite closely, but that is never going to go. They're never going to let that go because if that goes, uh, you probably won't be hearing from me again. You probably won't. <laughs> your ATM will not be speaking to you when you put your card in the wall. Uh, it will be total pandemonium and chaos, and it would make Lehman's look like uh, a walk in the park. So it's never going to happen. Uh, how they're going to get out of it, I don't know. They've set up a they've set up a bad bank now. And interestingly enough, you may have seen the article the other day, which um, was talking about the uh, seven billion, which um, uh, I think it's uh, no, sorry, fifty billion they they managed to sell to Goldman's and I think J.P. Morgan and City in uh, bad assets. It cost them a couple of billion to do that, and of course they're they're, they're offloading things at you know pennies on the dollar uh, compared with what they were originally. Um, expected to be worth or sold at and now they are untradeable there it's, it's very difficult to calculate their worth so they're just giving their wife almost nothing just to get them off their balance sheet i think it was 50 billion and i think they got something like 800 eight or 900 billion to get rid of so it's yeah it's about four percent something like that of what they need to get rid of so that's another aspect and i wonder why i wonder whether people traders generally uh banks especially are just beginning to understand that we're becoming very monolithic, very top-heavy, uh, very, um, I don't know how to say it, but we're, we're being more and more governed effectively by the, uh, the guys at the EU who make uh, deals with the ECB, and the whole thing is extremely heavy, uh, and it just means that the volatility is, is, is just not there. They don't need to have any volatility because nothing's going to go wrong. That everything is going to be controlled. Everything is going to be be bailed out, but not bailed out after the crisis. It's going to be bailed out before there is any crisis. And this is an example with Deutsche Bank. I think with the Italian banks as well, it's a sort of status quo. Um, so I don't see where the crisis is going to come from in order to make the market move. Obviously, British pound has been a lot better. That has moved. Um, been some great swings there. In, um, it's been a little bit quieter since the election, uh, since Theresa May went, but pr- the run-up to that was some great swings. Just, just get on the right train, um, and you, you know, train going in the right direction, then you've been able to make money. Now, the final thing that I want to say is, you know, again, heaven forbid this was to happen, but if, if one currency is not moving, you've got to look for something that is moving. It's as simple as that. You know, I need the volatility. Um, and uh, of course, what is moving has uh, been moving very, very nicely. Are uh, cryptos, and I'm, I, I do know people that trade cryptos and have done quite well. I have never ever gone into the crypto market other than I've now started just to drip feed in um, on a very, very long-term basis, uh, just a couple of hundred euros a month, something like that, just drip feed in uh, across two or three of them. And it's purely speculative. I'm not even really looking at the price. I'm just trying to average out a price over the year because the volatility means you can't pick a low or the top. But if you were to day trade those things, there is volatility in there. However, the spreads are pretty wide. And uh, not least, the, the you know, you're in unregulated markets. There is no regulation on these markets yet. Certainly not in Europe. Certainly not in uh, the UK. And uh, the final thing I want to say about that on the cryptos is there is there are a couple of decent podcasts around a couple of um, proper authors on uh, cryptos and I was listening to one the other day and what struck me uh, about um, Bitcoin struck me about that one which you don't often hear is the is the complete anonymity the total anonymity of um, 
Bitcoin, the process of purchase of sale in terms of the fact that the anonymity is, is the reason why the uh, Bitcoin was actually already was uh, created. And this, to me, is a slight anathema because, you know, the governments were not going to be wanting to launch anything where everybody can remain totally anonymous. They want to be able to control everything. And as I said, with the top heavy type of EU uh, controlling everything which they are now they're never going to float that thing whereby they don't know what's going on where they don't pull the strings where they cannot control so I don't know what the future of that is uh, that's why I'm not going to get involved in, in any more money than you know, a few hundred euros a month type of thing uh, just as a, a long term sort of uh, slightly a punt if you like um, just in case they do go sky high again um, but uh, I don't believe that um, the governments are going to let anybody uh, control something uh, which is anonymous, totally anonymous, and uh, without, you know, they, they want to control everything. They want to know who's buying, who's selling. They want to tax people, etc. They've got to raise money in taxes. That's their, that's their, that's their raison d'etre, if you like, to be the purveyors of uh, the taxes. And um, I think that's uh, how I see the Bitcoin. So. I think we'll just leave it at that for the moment. I'm just coming out of the town now. It's getting quite busy here. And hopefully that was of uh, some interest. But look out for this question about the range extension. Because this is, abs this is absolutely nothing new. This one's been around for a long, long time. But what is new is the contraction in the range extension. Uh, it's really under 100 pips uh, per day now. Well under 100 pips per day. We've had 25, 30 euro, 40 sorry, 40 pip days, this type of thing. Uh, and when you're trying to day trade these things, we're trying to get in in the morning, you're trying to get out at night, at that type of level, there's always um, a swing to the high, back through the open, closes a little bit lower than the, um, the open, for example. It's a typical day. Uh, it's very difficult to trade those. You need that running extension, you need that runner in order to uh, make some real money. Okay, thanks for listening, guys. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Look forward to speaking to you soon and uh, have a uh, great day's trading.